So tell me, is your network your net worth? I'm, sh I'm sure you've been asked this before, right? <laughs> Not really that way. Um, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know I have... I think I mentioned perhaps not, I have 14,000 people in my personal database and they encompass so many different things, a lot from a business perspective, but a lot from a resource perspective, knowing people that I'm one phone call away from that could be helpful, not just to myself, but to other people. So, you know, for me, the passion of connecting with people and helping people is, I guess, my reason for being and, you know, having these great resources which I constantly collect and grow, um, you know, has made me like known as the master networker, but it's a total passion. And you, and you've taken that to another level, right? You, you've written a couple books now in the works uh, with another one and everybody uh, listening. I know if you're not, if you're not listening on YouTube or Facebook and you're on one of the podcast networks, be sure to check out Jeffrey Michelle. Um, his name is spelled uh, M E S H E L. Um, you can check them out on LinkedIn, uh, and you could get the, the links and, uh, and you, you could also Amazon his books. They're, they're up there or other, uh, book publication sites, but what the one, uh, one phone call away, right. That was the, the last, uh, well, that was the, the big one, right. That, that you sort of had recently. Well, not, well, it's not, not recently. It's been a, been a little while. No, it's not recently, but yes, that was my first book. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just took off and I was on the Today Show and speaking yeah. in front of a lot of people. And it, I didn't even know that was going to happen. It just, I literally only went to one publisher and all of a sudden the book's in six languages and I'm on, you know, it, it just took off. It was kind of a cool experience. Yeah. And I've heard of the book. I've seen the, seen the book. I've heard it referenced somewhere. So it's, it's kind of crazy how networking and for me, it's, for me, it's through podcasting. That's, that's how I, one of my ways to network. And, and here I am, you know, talking to you and I've definitely, seen the book, heard the book, seen the cover, everything. Um, so it's, it's crazy how, how things kind of happen. What would you say uh, was, your, was your breaking point, like that you, you left the regular workforce, the regular uh, nine to five job? You know, I'm sure at some point in your life, you, you, you were part of that life, but you took off and you're like, this, this cubicle life just isn't for me. There's more out there. And since then, you've you know, started up numerous companies, which we'll, which we'll get into. So I, I started on Wall Street and then I worked for a couple of different real estate investment companies. I started my own company when I was 27, mm -hmm. uh, principally because I wanted to. And I just felt that I wanted to be my own boss and it was very hard. It was very challenging. And, uh, but I wouldn't trade it in for anything. And, you know, from that, I you know, created different things. Some things have worked, some things haven't worked. Uh, but, you know, I, I just keep going and, you know, call my own shots and it's, it's worked for me. You know, I guess everybody's different. Um, so starting up a business, was it kind of just like naturally the next thing to do in your life or like, or did you, was it something you, your family kind of pushed on to you? You know, what was it? Cause I, I'm sure time, you know, it was a little different nowadays. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. It's like the hottest, most, you know, talked about thing. If I replay the tape and I think back to then, you know, I was working under the banner of guys much older than I, mm -hmm. and my partner, who was my best friend, he was also in the company. I brought him into this particular company. He was on one side of the business. 
I was on the other. And in, in candor, we, you know, it wasn't like we didn't like our bosses. They're nice guys, but we felt, you know, we could do this better and, and control yeah. our own destiny. And, uh, you know, we just went for it. You know, one day we just decided that we're going to put a shingle out there and, and, and start. So, you know, trying to be funny and creative, we had to come up with a name. Didn't last long, man, because it, it was it was it was called Arec, A R E C Real Estate, and it stood for another real estate company. We said, <laughs> you know what? So you know, it lasted a little while, but then we we just wound up doing other names and creating mm-hmm. stuff. And, but it was it was it was a uh, it was that was the beginning. I could see uh, reliability and trust was hard to build with that kind of name, huh? <laughs> you know, it, it's really the person that, that yeah. dictates that outcome and. Uh, you know, I was a kid, you know, I, 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 in the one phone call, I'll tell the stories about, you know, not taking no as an answer. You know, the, the reality is you have to have perseverance. And uh, I was, I was, you know, I was doing my first real estate transaction uh, when they were changing the tax laws here in the United States. And the whole world is saying, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy doing this? I literally, you know, only one person called. I sent out this fancy summary. I was building houses in the Hamptons. I said, you're, you're crazy. Values are going down. So I just kept getting no, 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 no. And it was my partner turned to me because I was the money guy. I was the marketing guy. It's Jeff, we, we're going to get this done. And, I, and I, I looked at him and I said, we don't have a choice. It has to get done. And so I was in the gym. I'm running on the treadmill. I'm trying to think. I, I, I got I, I, This is constant no's. I'm just getting shot down. I got to get from no to maybe. Mm-hmm. If I can get from no to maybe, <laughs> it's a lot easier to get right. from maybe to yes. Next step. And, and I figured out what to do to do that. And uh, I got it done. Would you say, well, what kind of advice would you give someone right now in that age group that's trying to, you know, raise some money, some capital uh, to start up a business, you know, get, a, get investments for their, for real estate? Um, what, what was your like, uh, what made you, I guess, better than the others to get that capital over other people? So one probably has heard this expression and it resonates and it's true. You don't invest in deals, you invest in people. And, and you believe in the jockey. It really mm-hmm. comes down to the jockey. There's no question you need luck and stars have to align. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes you fail multiple times and boom, finally something happens. But it's about the person. And if you stand out, my second book's called The Opportunity Magnet. What do you need to, to make yourself stand out? People are compelled to you. And uh, I'll elaborate on the content I said to you before about yeah. turning no into maybe and maybe into yes, mm-hmm. is that the fact that literally everybody I called on my first deal shot me down and had no interest. They were all very polite, but they didn't have an interest. And then it hit me. And I was talking to this one gentleman who had an office on uh, Third Avenue, and, and uh, he was in the messenger business at the time. And he shot me down, and I, said, and I said, Jack, I totally appreciate your opinions and your thoughts. Uh, you know, you've been around a lot longer than I. However, mm-hmm. you know, I see this very differently. And not only do I see it differently, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. You know, I put down deposits. I'm building these houses. I said, would you give me 20 minutes? Give me 20 minutes for me to sit down and tell you what I see and why this makes so much sense. And after the 20 minutes, you still think, say to me, Jeff, I'm really not interested. I'll shake your hand and walk out. But I'm devoting my life to this. I'm putting every nickel I saved down on contract deposits. So either I'm insane or I'm right. Can you give me 20 minutes? Can't say no to that. Can't say no to that. And that what took me from no to maybe. And once I got in front of him, Ultimately, he and his brother invested, and I knocked out the deal basically with that strategy going forward. What if that deal didn't uh, pan out as as planned? <laughs> you think that would have changed course? 
look, some, you know, depending, if you, you went into business in 2006 and you were doing real estate deals, there's a good chance it didn't yeah. work out. Not necessarily because your transaction was a bad one, but the world collapsed. You know, yeah. we had Armageddon. And so, you know, you need a little luck and timing. In my case, I was building houses in, in Quag for $285,000 with pools and tennis courts on over an acre of land, beautiful houses. Needless to say, those houses are worth, you know, in the seven figures now. And so yeah. that worked out, the deal worked out pretty well. No, that's, that's, that's definitely, definitely one way to look at it. You can't, can't control the economy at the end of the day. Um, but you, you've since kind of ventured into numerous different things, right? It's not just real estate now. You, you started up the, the, the strategic forum, right? Divorce yeah, that, forums. That, yeah, so, so the strategic forum isn't a business. It's actually created as a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very high-level uh, networking group. And I'm not in love with the word networking because it connotes like trying to sell, sell things to people. Really? Nipping at, at toes or heels. It's more, I, I'd rather change. I, I challenge people at times when I speak. I said, give me another name other than networking. I came up my own. And that word is a combination of two words, help others. And so the credo of the strategic forum, its mantra is, don't ask what's in it for me, ask how I can help you. And I have a chapter in Manhattan and one in South Florida because I reside in both. Mm-hmm. 30, 35 members in each, all very successful, accomplished people in all different types of businesses. We have monthly meetings. We have guests come down and present who they are. And, you know, not everybody follows the exact recipe, but it, it's yeah. about helping each other. And it's become really powerful. Divorce, do you want to ask me a question? On, on no, 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 I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions about it, but keep going. So divorce for us, I went through a god-awful divorce, you know, just a horrible experience. And I would argue that divorce in the hierarchy of horrible things that happen to people in life is right there at the top. Mm-hmm. It may be once level below death and it really destroys people uh, financially emotionally uh, children are harmed and it, it, it it's it's ugly and it's unfortunate because the matrimonial system or the lawyers there's a conflict of nature by the very way things are set up mm-hmm. you know we i want to get it over with but the lawyers want to keep bringing papers back and forth because that's how they make money to this day it, to this day i mean there's some very good people in the business but there are a lot that aren't and mm-hmm. I've seen it all. So I've seen the devastation. So me being the networking guy and helping people, I, you know, one day the epiphany was, I want to meet guys like me. I want to meet other guys like me, successful, have young kids going through this that are here in New York. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to friends. I started meeting one guy after another. And the thing that was incredible about it, there was instant camaraderie. It was, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't just venting and being upset. It was actually what I was learning. I was learning incredibly important things that were relevant to my interests that my attorney wasn't telling me. Now, he wasn't intentionally not telling me, but he just didn't think that way. He operates in a box. He's process-oriented. Yeah. But I'm learning the dynamics of individuals like me. I'm learning things that are so meaningful. In case I, 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 in fact, I learned something that was so incredibly important to my divorce. My attorney didn't tell me, but it was extremely meaningful. So then I started doing live events because I started realizing how powerful this was and that morphed into divorce for us. And I have a, you know, my a, a partner CEO that's running that and we're, you know, working on that platform. And it basically becomes a community to empower people affected by divorce. And there's a business side to it as well. And for anybody interested, you know, looking into it, it's, it's for everybody, right? It's not just males. It started, or, you know, initially, initially it was a divorcing dad council. That's what I yeah. called it. I was doing a lot. It's yes. It's both for men and women and, uh, uh, it, it's for everybody. Interesting. And like, did you just feel there, 
there were certain things to talk about. Like, was it almost like a group to make people feel better and kind of, cause wow. nowadays, right. It's, it's difficult, right? You, there's not so much, so many people to talk to unless you go to your therapist. Right. Um, so this was kind of like another way. So it. envision the following. Mm-hmm. I would argue that when people start a divorce or going into divorce, first of all, they know zero, they know nothing. And I metaphorically describe it as you just jumped into a giant vat of quicksand. You're, you're sinking. You can't control your legs. You're going deeper and deeper. You're being dictated to by a system that's controlled by matrimony attorneys and a judge that doesn't really care. You know, these judges are overwhelmed and underpaid mm-hmm. and you're bleeding to death because you're paying a lot of legal fees and you're dealing with the emotional traumas associated with this and you're alone and you're scared and you don't know what to do and you're emotional. Mm. All those combinations of descriptions are bad. To be able to talk to somebody that's not an attorney, that's knowledgeable, that you can vent or talk to that can impart meaningful things becomes empowering. I literally get calls every week from people that would say to me, you know, I would say to you, you have a friend that's going through this, they don't know what they're doing, I'll be more than glad to talk to them. And so I, and I've got stories about some crazy things that have happened because they call me and I sit down with them and I try to steer them, uh, at least from my perspective, the best way to go. And um, it, it really, they're very, they're very, very appreciative. And, and there's, there's more backstory to this, right? Do you feel that uh, you've had a wild childhood, right? I mean, you went through a lot um, and it's something that's previewed in your, in your upcoming book, right? A little bit. Yeah. I talk about it. And do you think um, any of that had anything to do with like, was it a foreshadowing? Like, do you think that could have any, any part to do with how your life turned out? I think, I think that, you know, becoming introspective and even to the new book, talking about some of this stuff, we are a product of our environment. I mean, we come from whatever it was. And, you know, you look at, um, you know, somebody, they're affected by their youth, how they're brought up. In my case, my parents got divorced when I was five, remarried each other when I was 15, got divorced again when I was 25. I took care of both of them until their demise. I, there's a whole story associated with it. So I had a really bad role models. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the healthy, nurturing, parental uh, mm-hmm. life that other people may have. People that have that, you know, have a greater probability of happily, being happily married because they have that foundation, they have that history, which, which empowers them. I'm now much more uh, knowledgeable about everything and I have certain views and I'm, you know, I'm going out with a great lady right now and, um, you know, I would get remarried again, I, but I just want my best friend, but I've learned so much. And so good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. And, um, um, that's that. I, yeah. I, I guess I'm going to definitely take this advantage to ask these questions because these are burning questions. and I know they're, they're, they're taboo as well. You know, not everybody likes talking about it, but since you are involved, you know, with, with divorce force, why is the rate as high as it is? you know, in America nowadays, why is the trend well, continuing you know, the, the, in that direction? Um, I mean, there are a lot of factors that push, you know, the, make marriage very difficult to have longevity. One is what we just discussed about what you, where you've come from and that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe inside of you, you know, you don't have that fiber um, that makes a difference relative to maintaining your marriage and staying together. I think that, you know, just from a organic perspective uh humans are not monogamous 
by nature. All animals are not monogamous by nature. And I think that depending on where you live and the influences in your life mm -hmm. can dictate, you know, divergent behavior or not. You know, if you live, you know, I'm in New York City, you know, there's just so much distraction here. You know, this it's so easy to meet people. And in today's world, you know, with the advance advancements of technology, you know, dating sites, I was just, my new book was a site of it. I said to my, my associate here, I asked, I said, how many dating sites do you think there are in the United States right now? Do you, take a guess. How many do you think there are? I would say somewhere between five and 10,000. Well, that's a big number. There are actually 2,500 okay. dating sites in the United States, 8,000 in the world at the moment. Okay. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's I mean, amazing. I've, yeah, I've heard so many people that made them, sold them, made them, sold them. So I, <clears throat> I knew it had to be high. That's it's high. I, that, wow. I mean, but, so, they, so just to have that, you know, look at Ashley Madison, you, you know, you're about, you know, about of course. That, so yeah, that was a huge, huge deal. <laughs> I, well, God. Yeah, it was, it was a debacle because yeah. the you know, technology breach, they, they, they leaked out all their members, but that those are was, people looking to have affairs. I mean, they, yeah. and it was huge. Their membership is huge. So I think it's, you know, it's formidable, you know, the, the maintaining a healthy, strong marriage, you know, in the new book, I have a chapter, uh, because I address a lot of this, called 30 plus slash three and out. I'm, I'm interviewing people that have been married over 30 years mm -hmm. that are quintessentially happy with their spouse, love them to death, best friend, soulmate, and been through it all, good, bad. And I say to them, I ask them I give 12 questions, and I say, before you, you, know, you saw the questions, before I interview you, understand my intention of this chapter is that this chapter becomes a mandatory read for somebody getting married for the first time. You're gonna affect okay. somebody's life because you're gonna impart, based on all these years of experience, something that they should know. And th they're coming back at me with incredible things. And a woman the other day I was interviewing, married 52 years, and she was telling me the whole story about her relationship. And then she made a statement that I went, wow. She said to me that her husband anticipates her needs. And I sat there and I said to myself, wow, what a statement. How much in love, how much do you trust that? How deep is that relationship that that person that's your partner anticipates your needs? So some of the observations are literally eye-opening. And again, that's the intention of the book. The second part of the chapter is three and out, 30 plus slash three and out. There I'm going to interview people that have gotten divorced three times. And I want to get their perspectives. I have to trust the relationship just to have the counter. Total 180, huh? <laughs> Total 180. But, uh, you, know, but you, you hear what people have to say. Yeah. It's actually fascinating. That's very interesting, actually. Um, I, I bet you're learning yourself, right? As you're doing this, you're like, wow. Learn, can these... I tell you something? Yeah, this, this This book, the title of the book, by the way, is mm -hmm. Trust is a Double-Edged Sword. Trust me. Uh, kind of a play in words. And it covers the entire gamut of trust. And aside from being very cathartic, because I, I went through a really horrible experience. I had a crooked partner who uh, did all sorts of sociopathic things. And I had to shut down one of my core companies. You know, I'm dealing with all the ramifications of having a thief and a sick person as a partner. And it's beyond violating, not just from a financial perspective, but from an emotional perspective. I feel like I'm a really stupid person, only because my strength is my weakness, because I trust too easily. Trust. But, but I'm getting smarter. I'm actually now sitting back and, you know, I'm becoming more intuitive. And to your point, I'm so into this book. It, it's, it has so many components of what trust is, not just about getting screwed by somebody, but, you know, I have a chapter in the book, um, do you trust yourself? Now, if I asked you that question, do you trust yourself? Not always. I, most of the time, but there's definitely it, it, part. 
So even the way you just reacted, you don't yeah. even realize, but you know, your head went back, you looked up for a second and you thought, and that's again about this book being self-aware. I found so much, so much interesting stuff on that question and, and the, the, the breadth of it. Um, the chapter's like, whoa. And it really makes you start to think about yourself. And you, you, it's amazing how many people really don't trust themselves. I have a good friend, um, uh, his name's Craig Schmel. He wrote a book called The Uninvited, which is now being made into a movie. And this is a guy. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of traction, really super guy. He was a, a screw up. He, handsome guy, mm-hmm. tr- alcoholic, young guy, crashed parties, crashed uh, the Emmy, the Grammys, got on stage with Whitney Houston, went to Russia, stole a flag. I mean, all sorts of crazy behavior was terrible okay. at work. Going to, and he just was a complete screw up until finally he was crashing and burning. And, you know, I interviewed him for the book and, and I mm-hmm. you know, asked him, do you trust yourself? And he went to his whole story. But the first thing he said to me says, I, for me to answer that question, I would ask you this because this is the most important thing. Do you like yourself? Do you like, because in order to trust mm-hmm. yourself, you have to like yourself. And what he had to say is observations are so eye-opening. So the gamut of this is really, it's beyond. Um, I could go on and on about this. And that's, and that's in the book, right? It is in the book. There will be. So for everybody that's kind of, you know, anticipating, you said your release might be next summer. Is that what I recall? Well, I, you know, historically it's taken me a year to write a book. I've been working on this for four months, but I've got like, I've got like seven, eight chapters that I'm working on. Some of them are, you know, pretty much finished and it's, it's wide. So I'm moving at a very fast pace. Mm-hmm. I'm anticipating sometime in 2020, you know, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm I basically, candidly, I, I think about it every day. I'm working on this every day. I have a chapter of the book. Um, do, do you trust products and their reputations? Now I can't tell you, I mean, it's, it's limitless how much stuff there is out there and, and, you know, products that, you know, are bad for us. I mean, the skin creams that have toxic chemicals, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Johnson's baby, Johnson and Johnson, this is an interesting thing I tell in the book, in 2018 had 100,000 lawsuits on their products. 100,000 lawsuits. You know, people don't know this stuff. So it's- There was it, cancer, it, right? With their powders and stuff like yeah, that? The baby so ovar- a baby, can you imagine? Baby powder, ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer. You know, suntan lotion. I got this whole thing about suntan lotion. You know, it's in, in Europe- Mm-hmm. They have very few suntan lotions that pass. Ninety-five percent of our lotions they won't accept in that country. They so how do? You, in, yeah, that that that's right. Isn't it something that Europe does not accept a lot of our foods too? There's a lot of things they won't accept because it doesn't pass their scrutiny in terms of safety. Which is like you're kidding me. I mean, you would think we would be at a different level. Vitamins. Mm-hmm. There's there's no overseer of vitamins. You know, supplements. It, nope. It's just the company tells you they're good. That's it. That's the the degree, the bar. You're now ingesting things into your system that you know you've been sold the bill of goods, and it, it goes way beyond it. And so this chapter is really cool too. I can tell I'm getting a little passionate about this. Yeah, no, that's and it's such a topic that is so popular right now, especially with the recent stories. And, and I need to get your take on this. You know, you've heard about the pharma companies and all you know coming out um, saying oh, that. Boys. At the end of it, at that right now, they're not about curing disease. It's just about shareholder profit. They want to maximize profits. Well, that's the way it is, unfortunately. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. way it is. It's about, and, it, and that's exactly the argument with which, you know, all these companies go shortcuts and, and, and cut costs because it's about maximizing profits. It's not what's good or right. It's about maximizing profits. And at the end of the day, you know, bad things happen. There are a lot of things out there that happen that are, are 
it's just not regulated. Not just on that, you know, there's just so many other things that, you know, we trust mm-hmm. that we need to be a lot smarter about. What would you do? Fact, what, like, what, what, what would you do to fix it? Do you have a way? Anything you ever thought about? Well, you know, you said about on a macro level trust. You're yeah, about like if like, you were given the power and you could fix it. Have so my buddy, my buddy yeah. Craig, my buddy Craig told me a story about when he hit bottom, mm-hmm. and uh, his family made him go see somebody that turned out to change his life. And you know, he the, this person he went to see unfortunately passed away, but he was such an incredible impact on his life that he, um, based upon all these things this guy Craig did, and this is in the book. When he went to see him the first time, you know, he, he asked Craig, does he like himself? And of course I like myself. And he said, so that's interesting. He said, and he stood by the window and he pointed down the street. See, see that guy over there? I said, yeah, you see that guy? Well, you know, he cheats on his wife. He's, you know, he's got five girlfriends. She doesn't know. He's very bad at work. He uh, shows up late, leaves early, doesn't put a full effort in. Not a good friend, not a good family. He drinks too much to the point of doing embarrassing things and, and can be very rude to people. Uh, you know, he only thinks about himself to the extent where he could do whatever he wants to do. And he turned to my friend Craig and says, do you like that guy? He says, no. And he realized then that this gentleman was talking about Craig, him. And he stood there for a second, paused, and he literally said to me, he just started to cry because he had the epiphany that that guy on the street that he was using as a metaphor was a reflection of him. And, and that was the start of changing his life. And he said to me, when I asked him if he trusts himself, he said to me, you have to like yourself first. And I realized I really didn't like myself. I was doing all these bad things and harmful things. And uh, he, almost, he almost really put himself in a terrible position. Did, uh, did this person know his backstory, it seems like, right? To be able to say these things? He, yeah, he knew the background. And so that, you know, it was like the first time he came to see him. And he had the complete lowdown of what he was doing and, and the behavior. Um, and uh, so he was prepared for him. Huh. Interesting. And uh, like, what, what kind of advice would you, would you give, you know, for someone uh, that is starting a business or is in the middle of a business? Since I don't know what you can say, how much you want to release right now, but if there's like one tidbit that you could give, why, why did this happen to you? Like, is there something you would tell people to be cautious about, about trusting your partner? I, look, yes. You know, the conclusion of the book, which I haven't started writing yet. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to get too into it. <laughs> but but I'll, t- I'll tell you what the, the theme of what it will be. Yeah. Trust, but verify. And that's a Ronald Reagan statement regarding mm-hmm. the Russians. Trust, but verify. You know, I didn't verify a lot of things. I just believed what I was being told. And I just didn't look that thoroughly as to, you know, numbers because I, you know, I couldn't fathom that he was stealing. Um, So trust, but verify. I would never forsake trust. I think it's such a powerful, meaningful thing. And I, that's, I give that off. I, and I I have so many people in my life that care about me and I I trust a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I've just gotten a lot smarter. And all this, to your point, writing this book, I'm learning so many things. And aside from this being cathartic, you know, I'm sharing things that you really, really need to know. I mean, things that are so important that just, you just don't realize. And um, it, it's very, very wide. And to, by the way, I would offer to any of your listeners, and uh, they're, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. If there's a story or a thought or an idea mm-hmm. that you think is important to share, because I want this book, I'm going to make this book a bestseller. It's going to stand out. But if your story is something that you think that would be impactful and meaningful that you could 
share with me. I'd love to hear it. And so what, what's the uh, email address? The name of the book, Trust the Double-Edged Sword. So the, the place to go is mm -hmm. Trust is a Double-Edged Sword. Trust me or no? Okay, my, my David's looking up the, I have, a, I have an email account that yeah. people can reach out to me and or send me stuff that they'd like to share. Yeah, we'll so definitely plug that. Trust is a double-edged sword, double sword yeah, at, sure. at, at gmail.com. Trust is a double-edged sword at gmail.com. All right. Trust is a double-edged sword at gmail.com. <laughs> Correct. Got it. And I mean, they could also, is another method also your LinkedIn? Yes. Probably, but yes. the email will be the one we'll steer people towards. No, that's great. Um, I'm sure that that's, that's a nice, uh, nice offer you got going on there. Um, so whoever's listening, I'll be sure to, be sure well, to reach know, out to Jeff. If I, I, I tell everybody, yeah, I, I, I tell strangers about this book. I mean, I, I literally, aside from that, I'm really passionate because I find out things based, based upon their reaction. I just told the story in the book about a guy who was at a, a real estate trade show, uh, 10 days ago. And it's like a networking session. So I'm just out there and I'm schmoozing and talking to people. And um, this gentleman standing next to me and he's in the business. And we're talking about what we do. And, you know, then I said, well, you know, aside from this, you know, I'm on that board of Signature Bank and I write books. I write, you know, I write books on networking, but I'm really passionate about my new one. And I tell him the name of what I'm doing. And I said, the, the catalyst here is I've got really screwed by a, you know, crooked sociopath partner. And his face changed. I mean, it was like, all of a sudden, it's, it, I, literally, I just saw this. He said, I had a really bad thing that happened to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he started telling me this entire story about what he went through. It's in the book. So that's why, you know, and that, that because I'm, I can't be the source of everything. This is something that affects all of us every day in some way or another. Every day, trust is a, is an increment. You get on an airplane, you're, you're trusting the pilot to, you know, be a good pilot. And, you know, these crazy stories about the guy that took the plane down, killed everybody. You know, you trust, trust is such a, you take it for granted. And that's what we can't do anymore. You got to be really mindful of it. And that's my intention. Certain things I, I feel like you, you can never find out though, right? Like, like, like a pilot, you'll never find out if that's what his intentions are, right? That's, it's, it's, an, it's an extreme example, yeah. but I'm just saying that, you know, consider how pervasive trust is. I mean, you know, obviously we're, you know, don't even think about it because yeah. major, and stuff does happen, but, but everything we do, you know, lawyers, you know, lawyers, they're out to make fees, you know, they're, they're mm -hmm. in the business. I mean, I could tell you, regale you with stories of how some of them are really bad. And it's, it's just so obvious that they're just pushing the pedal to generate fees, you know, in, in the various aspects of law. Um, so, you know, you just, you know, the, to be conscious of all this stuff is really important. Yeah. We've, I've had quite a few experiences uh, with my family with, with attorneys as well. Um, so you can relate. Yeah, but it's something you can't really live without, right? I mean, it's the way, the way the world is made, and certain certain professions just are there and will need to be there. It's uh, kind of not much we can do. It's a, it, it's a reality. It, yeah. You're right. You know, it's just it's an unfortunate reality, and when you get mired in it, you know, it's costly and it's emotionally, you know, distressing. Um, so, but like you said, it's it's just the way it is. So what advice would you give uh, to someone, someone like me that a few years back, you know, was where you were um, years, years back as well, sitting there in that cubicle, you know, like since then you've done so many other things, you know, you went through so many experiences, good and bad. 
but what advice would you give to these individuals like me that was debating that are debating is entrepreneurship for them? Cause it's not easy. So first thing I would tell someone to do is it's not just about you. It's about the people, you know, your relationships, your contacts, and you got to stand out. Now, maybe you don't know totally what you'd like to do, mm-hmm. but let's say you're working for a company. Let's say you have a responsible yep. job you're doing, you know, you're 33 years old, 34, you don't love what you're doing. What I would recommend doing being the networking guy is think of three friends, three people that you respect, three people that do different things than you and call a breakfast. And all three, all four people are doing different things. And when you throw this breakfast, say, look, we're all at this earlier stage in our lives. We're looking to figure out the next moves. You know, where are their opportunities? How about we become a team? And I use that word, it's more of an acronym. Together, everyone achieves more. Why don't we become a team? And why don't we meet once a week? And let's learn about what we're mm-hmm. doing and what we're about, what our interests are. And let's make a commitment that we're going to look to help each other and be mindful of each other. So you might, Tom, you might meet somebody, you know, at a lunch network in a day or two that you think would be great to introduce to Bill because there's, there's some commonality. And we collectively look to help each other. And once a week or once every two weeks, rather than once a week, once a month, whatever time period we decide to do, we get together and we review all the things that have happened in that month. Mm-hmm. After a month, two months, we invite a fifth person down, someone else, another contemporary that you know. And he, come, and he presents who he is, or she presents who she is, what she does. And, you know, how can the room help? What do you, and you build your group, and you start collecting people, and you start empowering people. You make yourself stand out. So now when you're out, you're talking, well, I created this, you know, little organization that we now have nine members. We meet once a month, and we're all there to help each other. Oh, really? What type? Yeah, I'd love to come down and speak. And all of a sudden, things start to happen. You got to stand out, and you got to do things to make you become a magnet to opportunities. And that's one that I'd recommend that to anyone that has you know, desire to do it. It works. And, and I mean, worst case, you meet some people, you learn a few things here and there, right? And, and you see if it's for you. Well, right? look, if, 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 you, if you're a wallflower, you don't, have, you, know, just, you don't like engaging with people and, you know, you're, you're negative, then, you know, get a job that pays by the hour. You know, I, I'm not dismissing that because yeah. there are a lot of people. But if you want to go out and do things, you want to make an impact, you want to be passionate, you, want, you have a, a bug in you that you're hungry to, you know, find that you really get excited about, I would recommend that it's all about knowing the right people. And the way you know people is by creating environments that you're constantly meeting new people. And if you create your own thing, it makes you stand out. Awesome. Well, now we are on to our listeners' favorite segment of the show. Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. All right. Hope you're ready. Hope you're ready, right. Jeff. Um, this, this part, uh, I got to explain the rules to you real quick. You get five seconds to initiate each answer. Here, we're just going to kind of get to know a little bit more about you. And um, otherwise, my producer, Steve Wiley, um, he, he's very on me about this. He's like, if you don't, if you don't make sure these things are out quick and, and he you know, spits them out in five seconds or less, then I'm going to come out there and give you a hard time. And, and quite frankly, I don't like to deal with my producer. Not a nice guy. Can I negotiate for six seconds? I was kidding. <laughs> ah, you know what? I will, uh, let, let's push it. Let's push it. Let's see what happens. Go ahead. So without further ado, what is your favorite book? Oh, there've been so many. Um, not your own. I, I, well, um, I'm trying to think which is my favorite. 
uh, actually, the, the the story about um, uh, World War II, uh, which they made a great, where they made a movie out. I can't think of the name. Um, the, the the camp. The glorious the bastards. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, it was an unbelievable movie. No. It was they made a. Uh, there were so many. There's so many. But I can't think <laughs> of the title, but that's my favorite book. World War II book. Got it. Favorite movie. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Classic. I don't think anybody's actually mentioned that one yet. If you had an unlimited amount of money right now and you could start up any business, can't be your own, what would it be? Um, well, I would do two things. One is I would, you know, I'm a real estate guy, I'm an investment guy, you know, I'm looking for things. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I would, which I'm doing anyway, but, you know, unlimited money would obviously enable me to do a lot more. So that's that. But I, if I have unlimited money, then it's about charities. You know, I really look to make a difference and help people. And I, you know, I would put a lot. I mean, I'm involved in charities now, but unlimited money would enable me to be much more involved. Got it. Say you were uh, stranded on an island. This is going to happen. Just in case this happens later today, I'm going to get you thinking about it. Okay. What is the one item you want with you? It can't be a person. Water. Like like a water bottle or like a well, big big I, I jug. Think, <laughs> well, I think I think I need an abundance of water to survive. So water would probably be the number one thing. Water, uh, drinking sol- water. Solid answer. Solid answer. Uh, another one I thought I actually thought about myself. Uh, one of those water straws, since you're already surrounded by water, maybe the straw well, that you just can't, you, you, purifies. Yeah, but you can't, you can't you can't drink ocean water. Ah, uh, don't they have some specialized ones? I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. If you if you strand on an island, chances are you, you know you have coconuts and. Hopefully yeah. you can find some water. Hopefully a lot of coconuts. Um, Hopefully. Who, who has been or is your greatest mentor? Wow. Um, fortunately, a friend of mine that just passed away, he was named uh, Lester Rosencrantz. Just a, sorry to hear that. Yeah, just a phenomenal person, always there for me, good and bad, and uh, um, pretty sad, but uh, that, that's the gentleman's name. I'm sure he appreciates the shout out. Um, shout out. Um, so right now, say that uh, we had a very important business meeting, you know, and I was coming into your office and I was like, yeah, I'm going to show you how to make millions. And I walked in with socks and sandals. How would you feel about that? Well, it's not what you're wearing. It's what you're saying and what you've done in the past and who's part of your team and your game plan and strategy that becomes the compelling uh, driving force, you know, to have a real interest. Mm-hmm. So. A tie, look, I, I like, I dress well, it's just who I am, but it's what the person's about and their acumen and their abilities that really dictates, you know, the interest. Good to hear. Well, I'm, that, that's noted. That's noted, just in case <laughs> the opportunity comes about. How do you drink your coffee? Black. Straight up? Straight up. You know what they say, right? Yes, I know the expression. <laughs> <laughs> the one about psychotic? I don't know. Oh, no. I, I thought there was another expression. Oh, uh, which one were you thinking? I'll pass and tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a Huff Post. We uh, did a research and I mean, I drink black too, so I'm cool with it. They say that like it's a linked to like people that are a little more, more psychotic than normal with like, like more psychotic tendencies, which I've realized a lot of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs that I interview drink straight black coffee. So maybe well, I have a re- I have a reason for drinking black coffee because whenever I, when I started drinking coffee, it was known that when you put cream or sugar or milk into coffee, it has an acidic reaction, which is mm-hmm. not really good for your mm-hmm. stomach. 
So I just never developed an interest in drinking with milk, sugar, or cream. And I just, you know, that's, I drank black for that particular purpose to avoid the acidity. Do you, do you have like celiacs or dealing with something like that? No, just, no. I try to, you know, do things as health, as healthy as I can from perspective of what I put in my body. What is the one item that you consume every day? Not coffee. Uh, but it's something that you either consume or you wear it on you, but you can't go a day without it. Um, well, I, dr- I drink, I intentionally drink at least a half gallon to a gallon of water a day. I mean, it's a, it's a absolute requirement for me. I work out at, you know, six days a week, so that's part of it, but uh, I have to have a, a, a substantial amount of water every single day. Awesome. When you start out, I'm going to drink that much. I was like, Hmm, what could it be? What could it be? But then I, I realized it's water. Um, all right. Well, you survived. I survived. Um, my, my producer did not come out, so that's good. Uh, how do you, uh, you know, I, I wanted to thank you by the way, and, and for people to get a hold of you, especially if they have some stories for your upcoming book about trust and, um, and just the experiences with it, right? They could uh, email you at trust is a double edged sword at gmail.com. Uh, Jeffrey Michelle, everybody, check him out on LinkedIn. Last name spelled M E S H E L. Uh, any, any final thoughts, anything you'd like to share with our listeners um, before, before we part ways? It, you know, the gamut of what we've discussed really comes down to a very important credo. It's all about making a difference. Do the right things, be mindful of people, have integrity, uh, be considerate, care, and then you become a magnet to you know be for good things in your life. But, you know, people that lie or deceive or you know their motives are are, are self-serving and mm-hmm. they're inconsiderate, they don't like themselves. And you know, and then really probably have issues trusting themselves because they go on bad paths. So it, it's it's really important to do the right things and uh, help be helpful to people make a difference and great things happen. Awesome. Well, Jeff, it's truly been a pleasure having you on. Appreciate you taking time out this morning and uh, definitely, definitely looking forward. I, I can't wait to, uh, to see this book and uh, get a copy when it's out. Can I, well, wait? Uh, I'll be sure that that happens and um, I'm going forward and I appreciate any of your listeners. I mean, I'll even give you my cell number. They can call me 917 364 1732. I, I welcome thoughts, ideas, stories, topics. I have another chapter in the book, Trust Youth. I'm going to talk to millennials to get their scoop on what they think trust is. So, you know, the gamut of all this is, mm-hmm. is extremely wild. So someone comes up with a really interesting idea that I haven't thought of. You know, that's what makes it powerful. It's not my brain alone, but the contribution of very smart people to have their own experiences. I think that's actually a boss to boss exclusive. And I know that's your personal number because I've called it. So you, you don't hear many people doing that. So we'll see how blown up your phone gets. Oh, uh, listen, my first book, <laughs> you know the title of my first book, right? One call away. One phone right. call one away. Phone call, one phone call away. So yeah, no, that, that's, that's one way. Hey, that's what we did first, right? We were on a phone call. That was, that was first. That's where it starts, <laughs> right? Awesome. No, I love it. Well, super excited. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day and looking forward to uh, reconnecting, especially when a book is out so we could kind of see 
you know, how, how you feel that you finally got through this, this big part of your life right now. And, and, and now, you know, the story of the book, I challenge you to come back to me and say, you know, like, I, I have to tell you, I want to share it with you. You know, I'm talking to people, you know, I, what do you think about this? I, you know, maybe this would be a great thing to add to the book. Do you give some thought to it? I mean, you know, you talk to a lot of people and you started to tell me before when we first started speaking about this, some earlier things that happened that you were unsure. Give some thought to it. I'd love to chat with you about it. Definitely. All right. Looking forward to it. Have a great day. You too, pal. Thank you so much. That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com, where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two boss.com. And remember, the time is now. <laughs>